Welcome to this episode of the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Joining me today from the Southland Conference, it's Abilene Christian head coach Julie Goodenough. Coach is in her seventh year with the team, has them at 20 wins yet again. This is a team that's made two WNITs, just transitioned to Division I a couple of seasons ago, and Coach has had an interesting journey. Started with small school, started coaching NAIA, and eventually made her way to Oklahoma State, uh, and then was at Charleston Southern, Abilene Christian. So I wanted to talk to her about her journey and just kind of how it was uh, how it was through all those different stops. She, again, has her program in a good place. They'll be competing in the conference tournament here in a few days, but has that team rolling pretty well. So talk to her about her squad, very good offensive squad, and we'll discuss that as well. But we'll get Coach on the phone right now and be right back. This is The Jump Around. And welcome back to the Jump Around. And joining me, as promised, it is Julie Goodenough, head coach at Abilene Christian Coach. Thanks so much for taking the time out of the schedule, and congrats on another really great year. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm happy to, and we'll we'll talk plenty about your team on the back end, but uh, as always on these, I, I like people to kind of get an idea of, of who, who I'm talking with, and, and in case they don't know you, in case they aren't uh, familiar with your background, you... Uh, as a coach, you started uh, you started small. Uh, you you've, you coached at small schools as an assistant and uh, kind of worked your way up uh, in that regard. You were at uh, Texas Arlington as a GA. You were at Lubbock Christian as an assistant, and then your first head coaching job is at Hardin Simmons. So you you went kind of the small route. Was that always the plan for you? Was coaching always the plan for you? Oh gosh, no. Uh, <laughs> I went to school to be a physical therapist. Um, after my junior year of college at UT Arlington, I just decided I, I just didn't want to take any more classes with labs. Um, I, I just, uh, visited with an academic advisor and he said, Hey, the quickest way for you to graduate is with a PE degree, no teaching certification. So that's what I did. Kind of a worthless degree. So it forced me to go to grad school at Texas Tech, um, to get my master's and also work on my teaching certification. And while I was in grad school, I volunteered as a coach at Lubbock Christian and um, just thought, you know, the people who have impacted my life the most from probably third grade through uh, college were teachers and coaches. And um, so as I was working on my master's and my teaching certification and coaching at Lubbock Christian, I just really felt like, um, you know, that I was in my element. This is what I want to do. I want to coach basketball because it's the greatest sport ever, obviously, and uh, the sport that I know the most, and that's what I played. Um, but it also gives me a platform to make a difference in young women's lives and uh, to be a mentor for them, to be an example, and help them learn life lessons through basketball and, and build some uh, character traits that would help them be successful beyond basketball. So I really didn't start out thinking about coaching, but when – you know, I just got to a point where I knew I didn't want to go on like to PT school or medical school. What do I want to do? I really just want to impact people on a, a personal level on a daily basis. And so coaching was a great avenue to do that. Yeah. Well, when you get that job at Harden Simmons as the head coach of an NAI school and you find immediate success those first two years making 
the tournament. Uh, I mean, what was going through your mind? Uh, was that kind of a confirmation of, heck yeah, this is exactly what I want to do because this is fun to win? Well, you know, the story with that is uh, they hired me in mid-September. I really believe there was no one else available for them to hire. <laughs> Everybody else had full-time jobs. I'm student teaching at a junior high in Lubbock, Texas, so I could easily peel myself away from that commitment. I never got certified, by the way, um, so I can't teach at the high school level. But, um, yeah, mid-September, I get hired to be the head coach of a team who just won a conference championship. And so it was my job to come in and not mess it up. The majority of the team returned. Um, and so it was, we did have uh, a lot of success. And, and that very first year I'm there, we won a conference championship. A lot of it was based on the, the awesome team that I had inherited who had figured out how to win a championship before I ever got there. To be clear, though, there there is still there is still something to be said about not messing it up because that's kind of hard to do. So you, I, I know you're you know, being humble. I know you're being humble, but props to you. It is there. You know, there is something that goes along with that, especially when you're. Uh, I had two seniors my first year, and one of those seniors, I was 18 months older than her. And had I not been our head coach, she would have been like a really fun friend to hang out with. Um, and she and I are good friends now. She has two sons that are on my male scout team here at Abilene Christian. Huh, cool. um, it's funny how that's all cycled around. But um, it was hard for me because I was so young and I was really close to the player's age. And I've got to be like the boss. You know, I've got to tell them what to right. do. I've got to teach them, put them in situations to be successful. And so... Um, I had a lot of help at Hardin Simmons with mature head coaches in the other sports, and I think they were really my saving grace. And they really helped me understand that coaching is really about people. Uh, you do have to have a good understanding of X's and O's, but if you can just reach your people and get them to trust you and trust your season or, or your uh, system, you have a pretty good chance to be successful. Yeah. Well, then you are tasked with transitioning the team as they switch conferences and switch levels and go to NCAA Division Three uh, after your third season. And uh, you guys still maintain some solid success. And in those last four years, you go to three Sweet 16s and an Elite Eight. I mean, how were you able to kind of switch? Because that is a big difference from NAIA to D3. How were you able to handle that and build upon your success? You know, actually, the transition was the best thing for Hardin-Simmons because my first two years there, we go to the national tournament, NAIA, and we're playing against teams who had scholarship players, and we, we didn't have scholarship players even when we were NAI. So then moving to Division Three just leveled the playing cells for us, and we really didn't change anything about, you know, recruiting or the, our level or style of play or anything like that. It just really put us in a, a division where we could be more successful at the national level. Um, my, I didn't have a recruiting budget, nor did I have any assistance. It was just me and a secretary. So I was in charge of all of the recruiting, um, and I really recruited about a 200-mile radius of Abilene, Texas, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And we were just fortunate that there were a lot of talented players, mainly at small schools um, out in West Texas. And, you know, I, I felt like I had success at the Division three level at the same time that Marsha Sharp had all of her mm-hmm. success at the Division one level. You know, we were just, like, recruiting all these West Texas, South Plains, Panhandle players, and she was getting obviously the Division One players, and I'm getting the Division Three players. But um, there's a lot to be said for 
Texas basketball for sure, but West Texas basketball is it's pretty good. It's about being fundamentally sound and knowing how to play good team basketball. And that's what, you know, I credit a lot of our success with being able to recruit players from around this area. Yeah, well, then you 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 do that quite well, obviously, and then turn that into the Oklahoma State job. And, uh, man, that is that is quite a jump from D3 to uh, BCS level uh, of basketball. Um what was the biggest, I don't know, surprise? I don't know if that's the right word, but when you take that job, what was, was there anything that really hit you? Like, man, this, this is really different. Man, uh, gosh, everything. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, it's like apples and oranges coaching at the division one level, the power five level versus division three. There's this, I mean, there's not really any comparison really. Um, it is basketball, but you know, you at that level, you're recruiting the whole country, and we did not recruit internationally when I was at Oklahoma State. But I mean, literally the entire country. Yeah. And you know, I'm hopping on donors' planes, jet setting all over the place, recruiting in the middle of the week, and um, preparing to play top 25 teams on a nightly basis in the Big 12. Uh, my first year that I coached there, I think there were eight teams in the Big 12 that were in the top 25 <laughs> during conference play. Uh. And, you know, there was a reason why they made a coaching change there because Oklahoma State was not winning yeah. uh, on a regular basis. So I come in there and I, I can't get it turned around. I mean, I, I don't know how to balance coaching against Kim Mulkey, Jody Conrad, Marcia Sharp, and recruit and be a mom and a wife and – you know, run my program, the current players I have. And it, it was just overwhelming. I mean, I'm just, I'm real transparent about it. Yep. I had no idea the difference in what I was doing at a D3 school compared to a Power 5 school. And um, for me, and I just, I mean, I really, I didn't know how to manage all that. I'd never even had a single assistant coach. And now I have this whole staff <laughs> under me. I probably didn't make the greatest decisions in hiring um, great people, but yeah. they they really didn't mesh with me and the way I wanted to run the program. And, um, you know, I didn't do a very good job recruiting. And I mean, I just, it was a, just a wake up call in just about every area you can imagine. And, mm -hmm. you know, I go from not even having a recruiting budget to having a multi-million dollar budget yeah. that I couldn't even spend all the money. I mean, I was just like, what are we supposed to do with all this money? You know, it was just, <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. And, um, I tell you what, though, the, the time I was there was just such a blessing to me, though, as far as expanding me as a coach, as a, a manager of people, um, helping me really understand what kinds of people I want on my staff, what kinds of people I want on my team, uh, you know, what kinds of young women I feel like I can reach the, the best. And, you know, we don't all recruit the same players because everybody's looking for certain kinds of people for their program. And, um I was. I feel like I was just behind all the time at Oklahoma State and never got the culture there established the way I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. uh, but then, you know, as I've moved forward with a couple of other jobs, it's really helped me know what I have to do first, you know, put first things first, um, you know, obviously with the end in mind, but first things first. You, know, you have to know what your priorities are and definitely establishing your culture as soon as you get there. Like, that's a huge deal. Yeah. Um, so I've, I'm very appreciative of the privilege of coaching in the Big 12, and all it did was make me a much better coach. 
Yeah. Uh, before we move on to those happier times, because there have been you have had some happier times since then. I, I just want to know because I feel like we, we we don't really discuss this enough. And if you're if you're willing to go there with me, I, I would appreciate it. But feel free to push me off it if you don't. Um, what when when your time does end at Oklahoma State? Uh, did you beat yourself up? Like, what did it look like for you personally once once you you part ways? I mean, was was it a was it a really dark time? Was it a downtime? Did you bounce back quickly? You know how how did you handle it once it was done? Um, you know, I think just human nature when you're asked to resign from a position, it hurts your feelings. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it was a real blow to my ego, and you know, I was in a situation where they were like, "Hey, you've got to." You're left on your contract. If you'll replace all of your assistants, we'll keep you around. And that just shows everyone that you're trying. And I was like, there is absolutely zero chance I'm doing that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not firing my assistants and sticking around here. And so, you know, I resigned. And um, you, you go through, to me, I feel like you go through a process just like a death. It's like a grieving mm. process, you know. And yeah. you're mad, you're sad, you know, you're angry, you're bitter. Um, you finally, you know, you kind of get past it. I mean, you have to, but it, it's kind of like death, I think, because someone's taken something away from you. And I mean, I was investing my heart and soul and it. it just wasn't, it just didn't look very good. And yeah. we weren't winning ball games, but you know, you just put yourself into that. And so when it's, when someone tells you, you're not, you're not getting the job done, we're moving forward. It's, it's pretty painful. Um, I had a really good friend who made a suggestion to me when that happened. He said, you need to get out in the community and you need to thank people who supported you and it'll be, it will be a blessing back to you. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't, I don't want to talk to anybody, (laughs) but I, uh, I cleaned my closet out of all my orange and I put it in little piles and separated it by sizes. And I literally went around town for a week every day. I had a plan. I had a list of people I was going to go see. And I gave them some Oklahoma State gear, and they were all like diehard OSU fans. Yeah. And I gave them, you know, jackets and sweats and shirts and um, hmm. orange sweaters, you know, things like that. And told them thank you. And I mean, it was it took me a whole week to go all the way around, you know, around town and visit with people who had been so good to me. And I mean, it was the best advice anyone could have given me. I got so many hugs yeah. and you know, just so much support through that, 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 I think that really helped me kind of get through feeling sorry for myself and just being angry. Um, I, I interviewed for a few jobs that spring and I think I was just kind of empty and had Hmm. run out of gas and, um, no jobs really felt right. And so I, I just set out that year, the last year of my contract, my husband really loved his job. He was the middle school principal and my girls loved their little friends and they were in elementary school. And so we stayed there for another year. And it, that was great for me too, just to kind of get my confidence back. I visited almost every program in the big 12 and set in on video sessions and practices and mm. really appreciate those coaches for allowing me just to kind of get an inside look at their, their programs. And it just made me, understand that what I was doing was really good. You know, I needed to do a little bit better, but I wasn't that far off yeah, yeah. from having success. And so anyway, that's probably a long answer to your question, but that's kind of oh, how great. I went through that process and moved on. Yeah, no, that's great. I appreciate your, your vulnerability and your honesty there. Um, 
Well, after that year off, you, you do get back into it, and you take a job at Charleston Southern in the Big South. And um, I I will say this, and you can just not say anything, but I, I've been to Charleston Southern, and while Charleston is a beautiful city and the campus is, is quite all right, uh, that gymnasium is uh, that is tough to recruit to. And I'm just I will say that, and you don't have to comment. But that that is a difficult gym to bring a recruit into, in my estimation. So that said, yeah. you're there from 06 to 2012, and you made two postseason appearances. You won 17 games twice, and and honest to goodness, not blowing smoke up coaches. Uh, but I that's a great job. You did a great job there. Uh, what was that season of your life like? Because in Charleston Southern, it's a Christian school. Uh, I know your faith's really important to you. Um, so what was that season of your life like at Charleston Southern? Well, I didn't really anticipate this before I went there. But what I found there is that it was a combination of Hardin-Simmons in Oklahoma State and the fact that it was a Christian atmosphere, but it was at the Division One level. And, I mean, it's you know, nowhere close to power five level, but the big South was awesome. I mean, really good coaches to coach against. So I'm coaching division one, I'm coaching at the highest level, but I'm coaching in a Christian atmosphere and I loved it. Um, loved coaching there. Uh, Hank Small was my athletic director. And I mean, he was this awesome godly leader for us and, um, just really, you know, felt at home in that environment. And we still vacation in Charleston and the Isle of Palms and Sullivan's Island. I mean, that's our favorite part of the country, and we'll always want to go back there. Um, in recruiting, we would just zip through the athletic uh, area of campus, and we would take people to the beach and downtown <laughs> Charleston. And we would just sell. We'd just sell Charleston. I mean, it was awesome and easy to sell. Um, but I will tell you, though, I did feel like we had a huge, huge home court advantage at Charleston Southern. I mean, by my last, well, the t- last two years I was there for sure. I mean, we would pack that place. You get a thousand people yeah. in there. Yes. And it is deafening. And the band, like 20 people in the band, they were so loud. And I mean, it was a really, really fun home game atmosphere those last couple of seasons and our men's team was good yep. coach Rader ball does a great job and um so it was you know it was fun uh, but just you know kind of an interesting uh facility there for sure <laughs> yeah good good look at that that's uh that's good that's good pr work by you interesting uh <laughs> we'll, we'll move off uh you, you after 2012 you, you kind of have a coming home of sorts and, and take the job at abilene christian uh, Division two at the time, you you guys tie for first in the Lone Star Conference. You go to the NCAA tournament. Were you aware? I would assume you were, but were you aware when you took the job that the school was planning on transitioning to Division one? Yes, okay. uh, I would not have come had yeah. they not been making that transition. Yeah, uh, so, um, I actually took the job in March of tw- uh, what twelve, I guess, and. Yep. Um, I knew then that in, I think it was in September, they were making the announcement that we would be moving into the Southland. So uh, that was a big deal for me. I, did, I didn't want to be at the Division Two level. And I came in here and I was able to bring one of my assistants from Charleston Southern, who was from Texas. He came with me and we really hit the ground running. And honestly, I never even looked at a Division Two rule book. I didn't know what D2 <laughs> rules look like. Um, we just ran this thing like a D1 program. And, um, we were picked to finish last in the Lone Star my first season, and we ended up finishing first. And 
Uh, it was funny because four of the players on this team, I tried to recruit out to Charleston Southern. And so they fit perfectly into my style of play. And uh, it was just a, it's a, it was an awesome experience. And I, I remember when the athletic director called me at my home in Charleston and I'm looking at my husband like, oh my gosh, it's Adeline Christian. This is our ticket back home. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way for us to get back to Texas. So um yeah it's just it's been a blessing being back yeah that's pretty cool how it works out like that well you guys have done you've done great I mean you really didn't take that much time to get used to the transition I know year one and two uh well you haven't been for for, first off you haven't been under 500 any of the years uh but then after year three you guys go 17 and one in conference make the WNIT go 16 and two the next year make the WNIT uh what is it about Abilene Christian, a school that I'm I'm sure you're aware most people couldn't pick out if you if you showed them a map of Texas if you, and told them to pick it, yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't know where it's at. So, uh, what is it about your school and your program that's enabled you guys to have so much success? Uh, I really credit the university with the fact that we're able to recruit high character young women that are looking for a private school education. Um, you know, not everyone on our team uh, is a believer. You know, they're not all Christians, but they're just, they're high-character young women that strive to be women of integrity. Uh, they want to do well in the classroom, which is really nice for a coach when you have a team full of players that are serious about academics. Um, but ACU just has a higher standard um, of excellence in the classroom for athletics. Uh, the big push to move from D2 to D1 was just to get athletics up to the standard of the rest of the school. I mean, everything they were doing already was basically at a D1 level. And so for um, at the athletics to follow the rest of the campus, they couldn't stay Division Two where there was no APR. Nobody cared if your kids graduated. You know, mm-hmm. they were yeah. they had kids bouncing in and out, these transfers all the time. And so I think it really kind of shored up the integrity of the athletic department to move to Division One. Um, our facilities are really nice. I mean, I would put our facility up against anyone's game arena in the Southland. Um, this is, I'm on my third athletic director right now since I've been here, <laughs> and each one has taken us closer and closer to like you know where we really need to be to to be a championship caliber team every single year. And uh, each each AD has come in with. You know, they've had great ideas and moved us forward. Our current AD has been here less than a year, and he's already, you know, added some embellishments in our arena that's made it really, mm-hmm. really nice this season. And so I, you know, I credit just Abilene Christian and, and the school standards of excellence and then just the leadership. Our president is phenomenal. And uh, now, you know, our new athletic director, he's, he's an incredible, godly leader as well. And, they just want everything to be awesome at school, athletics included. Um, they be they are big athletic fans, um, great administrators, great board of trustees. They understand the value of athletics mm. uh, in a, at a school this size. I mean, we have an enrollment of about five thousand. We have about four hundred student athletes, and we are the ones that can put AC on the map. You know, by being excellent in athletics, and I think everybody you know really understands that here. Yeah, well, I, I want to get into this year's team now. Again, I said it before, but 29-13-5 and five in conference. You guys had a nice mix of, of teams in your non-conference schedule. Um, but as you as you got into the conference, you, you picked up some steam, uh, especially late. I mean, you had the one slip-up at Stephen F. Austin, but again, that's one of the top teams in the league as well, if people aren't aware. Uh, for you guys and this season, um, 
just to kind of tie a bow around the regular season. Uh, how do you feel your team did improve over the season? Again, on paper, it looks like you guys did good, but from the inside, how, is, how do you feel your team's progressed? Yeah, I, I really like how we're playing right now, and I, I think that we've continued to grow as a team throughout the course of the year. Um, we had a, a really challenging fall semester, and you know, most coaches tell you that, like, we're going to put this non-conference <laughs> yes. schedule together that's going to be really hard, and we did. It, I mean, we we got kicked in the teeth a few times, but won some big games on the road that I think helped our players have confidence in our system, um, and then our conferences, it's really good, and um, it's interesting, this has been kind of a, a weird team in their regards that we actually, I think, probably have a better record on the road than we do at home in conference play. Just We dropped some games at home that were just, I don't know, it was really strange, like we didn't have our focus, but then we go on the road, like we are serious, like taking care of business <laughs> on the road, and uh, I mean, we did lose at Stephen F. last week, but um, you know, I just, I really love the way that our players have been serious for our road trips and it, it makes me really encouraged going on the road this week going down to Katie for our conference tournament and I think we can get our players really locked into our game plan and um, I, I just I'm looking forward to just a, uh, a great uh, you know weekend at Katie hopefully we're there the whole weekend yeah. and I really attribute our success with just um, some maturity we only have one senior but uh, really driven by her and our six juniors in our junior class, they've done a tremendous job just having maturity this season and helping our freshmen and sophomores understand what practice needs to look like every day mm. and how, you know, you, you can't just go through the motions and practice if you expect to be good in the games. And uh, the leadership this year has, has much improved over last season. Yeah. Uh, you guys offensively are really good. I mean, if people, uh, again, uh, you're top 20 in points per scoring attempt, you're top 20 in effective field goal percentage, you're the fourth best shooting team from uh, two-point range this year. What is it about your offense that makes this happen? And you've got four players averaging double digits too, so it's not just one person kind of dominating. Uh, is your style of play, is it, I mean, is this kind of what you envisioned or did it just kind of morph into that? I, I, I just, I'm curious about how that's kind of developed. Um, our, every one of our players know exactly which shots they can take and they're really disciplined about it. And, you know, we talk a lot about our field goal percentage. Like, this is why we dictate what shots you're able to take. We know what, you, what your strengths are. The shots that we work on the most in practice for, you know, our guards or for our point guards or for our post players, like these are the shots you're going to take in the game. And they're pretty disciplined. I mean, you you just don't see our kids taking like crackhead shots in the game. They just don't. I mean, they're just, they're, they're pretty disciplined and they know what shots are their strengths. And then they stay away from shots that are their weaknesses. And you don't have time every day in practice to work on every single thing. And so we've just tried to figure out what our strengths are and that's what we focus on and really credit our players for being so disciplined. They know what shots are their shots and they don't take anything else. They just take their shots. Yeah. Uh, well, fair enough. That's uh, that's funny. Uh, I'll, I'll get you out of here on this, but for – um, the conference tournament, again, obviously you, you hope, like you said, to be there the whole time. You hope you are, uh, you're able to, to kind of make it to the end and, and make the NCAA tournament. But what is it about your team that uh, does make you so dangerous? What makes you guys uh, – let's say you do get into the tournament. What's going to make you guys a difficult out for whoever ends up playing you? Well, 
you know, we do have four scoring in double digits, but we have two other players who are capable of scoring in double digits at any time. And so, you know, games where, we're sco- where we have four and five double-digit scores, we're really hard to beat. Um, you know, we want to score 75 points a game, and we're close to that right now. Um, I-, I think just our offensive power is what makes us difficult to uh, to beat because we've got so many scoring threats. Uh, we do actually work on defense in practice, but our players are they're kind of geared to be you know offensive players, and they get more excited about offense. So uh, we are trying to emphasize going into the tournament and going into even postseason play beyond the conference tournament that defense has got to be an emphasis as well. It's got to be something they're very intentional about, you know, getting defensive stops and um, forcing people to be uncomfortable when they've got the basketball in their hand. Uh, but I, I think for our team, our, our strength is that we do have a lot of scoring threats. Yeah, well, you guys have certainly been fun to watch, and it's it's always fun to see a team that so quickly in their D1 infancy is able to kind of get it rolling, and you guys have done a phenomenal job. So uh, congrats to you and well, your thank staff. thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, for sure. So, again, Abilene Christian, 20-9, and 13-5 in conference. They will try to win the Southland and make their first appearance in the NCAA tournament. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time to, to spend with me today and, and sharing a little bit about you and your program. Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, thanks so much to Coach Goodenough for her time and, and sharing her story with me again. I really appreciate it and look forward to seeing them play in their conference tournament. Thank you for listening to The Jump Around, whether you listen on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, whatever you listen to, I really do appreciate it. If you listen on iTunes, if you can leave a rating and a review, that's appreciated as well. You can find me on Twitter always at Blake Dudonis. And until next time, This is the jump around.